The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome back to season four of Well Seekers, where we are helping you rise and come back to a mind and life that you love helping you recreate your life story um, in a very holistic approach. Um, We're so excited to be back with you. I'm honored to be back with you. And um, this is going to be a great season. We have so much in store for for you. And one of the main differences that I think you're going to see this season is that we have really um, gone above and beyond to try and get these real experts, right? In an age where there's so many um, people that say they're experts or claim to be experts, one thing we really value here at Wellseekers specifically is finding people that really know what they're talking about um, and who are licensed and um, have studied the the areas that we're talking about for a long time. So um, we're going to take that information and more than ever this season, help you apply it in real life ways, in um, accessible, simple ways, um, and taking that leading expert information and making it something that you can apply to your own lives daily on the topics that are important to you. Um, which leads me to, we want to know what's important to you. We're starting this series um, and doing it on anxiety in 2020 and helping you cope with anxiety in 2020. Um, we're going to do, we're going to kick it off with a two-part series um, with our very special guest, uh, Sharon Lawrence. She's a therapist um, and f- is going to focus on anxiety today and talking about what it is exactly, how we can deal with it in this time in particular, and we'll dive into that. But beyond that, um, for the rest of the season, we want to know what you want to learn about. So we take things holistically for um, for anxiety in particular. We're going to have a personal story um, from um, someone who's just incredible, and I'm going to let her tell her story, but um, she experienced some own challenges in her own life and then decided to completely switch paths and open something called um, Float 41, which is in Connecticut, but Float is everywhere. It's um, a tool that does help with anxiety and depression. So we'll hear her story and all about floating. Um, We're going to have Swami, um, our meditation guru back, who has trained all over the world, um, talking about breathing techniques and so many others to help in this series. So um, once we get past anxiety, we would love to hear what you want to hear about. So make sure to find us on Instagram at Wellseekers, really everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Wellseekers. We absolutely want to hear from you. So on today's show, we've talked about anxiety um, and and what it is to some degree here at Wellseekers. Um, But one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk about it, and if you're watching, if you're listening, hello. um, And if you're watching this video, hello to you. I'm just, I want to, I would like to get my stats right. Um, But there's been a huge change in um, the amount of people who have been experiencing um, anxiety and depression since the start of 2020. And I was reading um, a report put out by Mental Health America, and it really stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, we have to do a show on this. Um, MHA or Mental Health America has an online screening tool, which 
I would suggest taking um, if you do feel like maybe you are suffering from anxiety or depression. Um, it's on their website. Um, so we can also put a link to that. But uh, the tool has been since 2014, they've had this tool to help people. And in May, they found something very interesting. So from January 2020, they used as a baseline. And then come March, um, they started to see their numbers creep up. And by May, they had 370% daily screenings um, that were 370% higher than they were in January of 2020. So in just a few months, almost 400% increase in people just feeling anxiety, feeling um, depression. They said that they had, um, I think it was monthly, almost 100,000, 88,000 additional positive depression and anxiety screenings. So of those, that 400% increase, there was almost 100,000 increase um, as well in the positives from these screenings. So we're really in um, unprecedented times, unprecedented times. We're really in um, times where there's a lot of uncertainty, right? There's there's a lot of uncertainty anyway, but we do have things that we put in our life to help calm our anxiety and so that life doesn't feel like it is such a threat. Um, but in 2020, in our current climate, all over the map, really, um, we are having to all face anxiety on some level. Before, it was sometimes a micro level, which means an individual level, right, um, that you've struggled. But now it's a micro level, it's a meso level, which is within families, and it's a macro level, which is within our society. So on all fronts, um, there's threat. And what is anxiety? It's our mind saying, there's a threat. Let's raise our limbic system, right? Try to take care of this, this threat. And oftentimes when your mind feels a threat, it's a very science, anxiety is actually one of the things I love about it is that it is scientific. Um, it's a process and it's a known process. We do know what's happening when you're experiencing anxiety, right? Um, the limbic system, your limbic system, it's a key area uh, for emotions and the regulation of emotions and anxiety. So this structure, um, takes incoming stimuli, your limbic system, and regulates your emotional response. So there's various things involved in this emotional response. One of those things is something called the amygdala, which I've talked about on this show before. Um, and it's this almond shape um, processor in your brain, and it is key for anxiety. And when your brain takes in some sort of stimuli, right, it says, okay, this is a threat. It can say, this is a threat and your amygdala fires, right? Saying fight, flee, or freeze, right? So you may have heard those terms before, right? So fight it, get out of here, or some people have a freeze response. So when you feel that threat, your amygdala fires, lots of other stuff happens um, neurologically, right? So, and then you do one of those three things and how you do those things depends on the person, right? Um, maybe you overeat, maybe you undereat, maybe you drink too much, right? Maybe you turn to online shopping. There's all sorts of ways that we try to de-escalate de our limbic system. Other ways are meditation. Um, you're going to hear about floating, right? Going for a walk, ways to, to basically say, thanks for the threat warning, but I don't need it right now, right? This is a perceived threat. This is not an actual threat. 
Um, and we're going to talk to um, Sharon Lawrence about that as well and get into more details. But one of the things I want um, listeners and for you to understand is that this is actually occurring, right? Like your amygdala, one of the fascinating things, there's been a lot of research done on the amygdala, not enough, I feel like, but a lot. The amygdala is, can be genetic, um, genetically inherited. And the larger the amygdala, the more prone to anxiety you are, right? So genetically, you may have a large amygdala um, that makes you more prone to anxiety, but it also can be changed due to things like trauma. So if you've experienced some sort of trauma or you perceived something that you, your mind has coded as a trauma, it can change the size of your amygdala and make it rapid fire more, right? So if you're quick to fire, it actually has to do with the size of your amygdala. If your amygdala, um, your amygdala though, the thing about it, just like your brain is plastic, you can actually through some of the things we're gonna be talking about in this series, reduce the size of your amygdala. So it doesn't fire as quickly, right? So putting some space, um, some pause in there um, so that it doesn't fire so quickly by may actually physically making your amygdala smaller through things like, I, I don't have the research in front of me, but when we get to meditation, we'll talk a lot about how meditation actually can do that. Um, but the key takeaway that I just wanted to say is that this is actually, it can be inherited, it can be from experiences, but it is a part of your brain, right? Anxiety isn't made up. We could scan your brain and see what's going on. Just like if you broke your ankle, we could scan your ankle and see what's going on. We don't scan people's brains. Why? That's a larger question um, of healthcare and what we consider to be mental health and brain health. Um, I'd love to start the revolution and forge the revolution to stop saying mind and body because your mind is a part of your body. Um, so we are talking about your body, holistic care of your body. And just like if you break a bone, they're going to say, well, make sure you increase water and feed yourself this way so that more nutrients get to, um, you know, where they need to get to, to heal that. The same goes with when you have something going on in your brain, right? So if your amygdala is rapid fire firing, it's a part of your body. So let's look at that. But how else can we holistically look at the rest of your body, um, which is what we're going to be talking here in this series. But more, mostly, I want you to know that if you are experiencing anxiety, it isn't your fault. Um, it's something that actually is happening neurologically. Um, and we are going to dive in and help you come up with ways to, um, to if you are feeling anxiety, to, to help decrease it. Um, and if you know someone or have a loved one that is, to help them as well. Of course, though, I know that there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, but I have to say it. This show does not substitute um, for seeing your own mental health professional. So um, please, please, please always check with your own mental health professional. So we'll be right back with our very first guest of season four here at Well Seekers, Sharon Lawrence. Um, so hang out, stick around. We'll be back in just a few moments right here on Well Seekers. After a long day, taking time to love yourself and your friends and your family more well can be a challenge. We're so burnt out and exhausted and stressed from working so hard during the day, we forget to love the people and the places and the things that are important to us. Well, Lucia Knight is here to help. We're gonna be a retreat and a treat 
for your day. A place to laugh, to connect, and to learn to love yourself and others more well. We're gonna talk about relationships, ways to sleep better. We'll have expert guests, personal stories, maybe even a musical guest or two. We'll share behind the scenes into my own life as well, my friends, my family, and of course, my relationships. So close the door on your day and light up your night with Lucia at night. Also, make sure to check out more at wellseekers.com for simple and real life ways to bring wellness home. I'll see you tonight on Lucia at Night. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. Welcome back to Well Seekers. We are so excited to be back and starting a brand new series with our very first guest of season four. And if you listen to the show, she's absolutely a friend of the show she's been on before. Sharon is the founder of Sela Wellness. She is a licensed clinical social worker, a coach, and a therapist for therapists, which is so, so critical and needed. Um, Sharon J. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us again on Well Seekers. Thank you so much, Lucia, for having me back. I'm super excited to be here. Before you came on, Sharon, we were talking about anxiety, stress and anxiety specifically. And I don't know in your own practice, but among myself and colleagues, there's been an increase absolutely of stress and anxiety during the pandemic, during just the situations in general going on right now. And as we head into fall, really we're in fall, we wanted to do a series to talk about everything that's happened right over the the last year in 2020 and how stress and anxiety in particular right now is heightened absolutely and the effects that this is having on our brains and on our bodies as well so first i want to break it down what is stress and what is anxiety so they are definitely different so i'm yep. glad that you are asking that <laughs> question because people often we'll use them interchangeably as if they're the same and they're not. Stress kind of deals with, you know, that level of feeling that you may have, agitation, frustration. It can even be physical, digestive problems, you know, problems sleeping, um, all related to stress. But when you talk about anxiety, it goes a little bit further. You're talking about a persistent feeling of worrying being overwhelmed, feeling as something is going to happen. Um, You know, you may have difficult times, a difficult time concentrating. Um, You may also have a difficult time sleeping. So again, there may be some symptoms that may be very similar to each other, but with anxiety comes the worrying that does not go away or it takes a while to subside. And so it may even come up absent of a stressor. Mm. And so those are things to keep in mind that there is a difference, but with anxiety comes a level of worry that really is persistent and it's like nagging. And even if you have proof that it's not valid, it's not true, it still can impact how you function or not function. Mm. Absolutely. Can you, Sharon, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but break down some, and I can help fill in the blanks too, right? Mm -hmm. But talk to and speak to some of the things you're seeing right now 
as far as an increase and, in, or maybe not in stress and anxiety. And also you'll hear people say, oh, I have a general anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to people listening what that is? So when you're talking about general, you're talking about some of, some of most of the symptoms, but in general, like you may have um, a constant worry about normal things, work, family, relationships, how people respond to you. It's something that will cause you to be on edge even like people will often use the term social anxiety. That means you have a difficult time in social settings, you know. So with general, it can be anything that is happening around you that could trigger that anxiety response. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can say with my clients, what I'm seeing in particular to this year with the introduction of COVID-19 um, coming on the scene is that a lot of people, you, you now have this whole, I'm going to touch a little bit on it, but grief, people are grieving what once was. And so not having their normal routines has now created anxiety because they can't release a lot of the energy that they normally have. They're not able to connect with people. Things that helped individuals feel safe to feel secure, those things have now been removed. Mm. And so you have this level of anxiety of not knowing how to connect when you know socialization is necessary for survival. People are having a hard time, fear of going outside, fear of getting sick, um, fear of contaminating their loved ones if they are carriers and they don't know. And so you, you just have all of these things adding to an already anxious person, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have individuals who have no history of anxiety. And now they're trying to figure out what is this that's happening to me? They're feeling things that they've never felt before. And I'm the person and you're the person on the other end saying, hey, it sounds like you're having some anxiety symptoms. It sounds like you're responding to these abrupt changes and not being able to cope with what is happening right now in society. Absolutely. And I think you talked about that secure base, right? That mm -hmm. people once had and that feeling of security, which is important, right? Mm -hmm. In Absolutely. life. And it's been challenged on every level. And yes. there has been so many shifts, right, as as a world, as a country, and then individually with jobs and family and time together and no, not time together, right, and just challenging people. So do you think that there has been an increase then is would be my assumption is what yes. you're saying in actual clinical general anxiety disorder even? Yes, there's been an increase with anxiety. I know that, that that's our focus, but there's been an increase with anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. um, so many things, grief, symptoms, adjustment disorder. You, I mean, you can go on a list of things, domestic violence, you know, child abuse, divorce ratings. I think everything has been on the uptick. Um, and, and I think we have to keep in mind that everyone manages stress and anxiety very differently. Um, and, and I think people are going to have to know that what works for one may not work for another, but you do have to be aware that if something is happening and you know it's not the norm for you, to pay attention to that um, and pay attention to how it's impacting you physically, not just in your thought process, but physically. How is it you know, showing up? How is it manifesting? What are those symptoms? Is, you know, are you having stomach aches? Are you feeling um, as if you don't have motivation? Are you having a hard time concentrating? Um, are you sleeping a lot? Are you really tight? Um, I know for me, that's how anxiety will show up for me. I get really tight and I feel almost like a... Um, <laughs> a statue, um, you know, so people who say they have tension in their necks or tension in their, you know, their shoulders or their arms. These are ways that stress and anxiety can show up in your body. So 
pay attention and learn yourself. Mm, so important. What is the point? And I, I personally believe this is different for everyone, but what is the point that if someone is saying, okay, this isn't just stress, right? But I feel like something's different, but I'm not sure if I need help, right? That questioning that everyone goes through. If someone's listening right now, what would you say to them is the point at which they should reach out and get more help around this and support around this? Good question, Lucia. I think for for most of my clients, I, I hear a lot of, I realized that this was not working. I was trying this and I was trying that. Um, and, and what normally works was no longer working. Or someone said, hey, you seem like you're under a lot of stress and you're not yourself and you're snappy or you're agitated or you just seem to kind of be out of it. When you start recognizing that what you normally would do is not working, or you're feeling a way that you know at that point you need to ask for help, that's when you need to do it. And mm-hmm. you, need, you need to tell yourself, this is the time that, to have courage, just start. We're not saying that you have to solve it in that moment. We're saying make that phone call and talk to somebody and so that they can help you understand that what you're feeling is being felt by other people. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always say as clinicians, it's okay to not be okay. Meaning that when you're going through something, it's not an anomaly. You are in this like other people are, and it's okay to get the support that you need to be okay. Um, and I always tell people it's not okay to stay in that place, mm. you know? So muster up that courage to just say, hey, can I, you know, can I schedule an appointment? Can I have a virtual session? Or some people are even offering face-to-face appointments. Whatever is going to work for you, It may be one session, it may be two, it may be a year. You may find that you like talking through things, Mm -hmm. but whatever it is, when you realize that it's at the point where it's not subsiding and it's not going anywhere, make that call. I think that sometimes people are like, well, what's going to happen, right? And like you just Mm -hmm. mentioned, Sharon, talking through things, but there's also really tangible tools that we're going to get into at some point in the series, but that can help with anxiety, right? CBT is something I work with. DBT Mm -hmm. as well can help depending on the root of the heightened anxiety. But what really stands out to me is that people sometimes don't realize what's happening to their bodies, Mm -hmm. right? And, and And their minds when they're feeling anxiety, how this is actually their limbic system, right? right? Could you talk a little bit about that and how, what the effects are on our brains and bodies? Yeah. So, you know, we all have this neurochemical stuff going on. Yeah. I am not a scientist, everyone. Yeah. I am not a biologist, but as clinicians, we, we do enough training to know that the mind, the body, and the soul is all connected, right? And so you can't think that one is going to be okay if the other is not, meaning that if Things are not going well mentally, emotionally, and in that brain circuit. What's going to happen is that those neurochemical symptoms and those regions are going to start talking to each other about that stress or whatever's happening and how it's processing. And it's going to then plant itself in your body somewhere. Mm -hmm. So every part of our body is connected to a part of our brain. Mm -hmm. So if your brain is not able to process what's happening, what do you think is going to happen? 
your body's going to have a response, a physiological response. So for some people, they may say, hey, I'm having these stomach aches. The doctors can't figure out what's going on with me. I don't understand what it is. And then they find out, well, hey, this happened about a year ago. And then someone said something and I was triggered. And I noticed all of a sudden I start having these issues. Mm -hmm. And once they deal with the trauma, through therapy and through EMDR and through DBT, as you said, and CBT, all these trainings that we're talking about, everyone, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, eye movement desensitization, reprocessing therapy. Um, and so, you, you know, as we're going through those things, you're learning how to process the way that your brain should have processed it originally. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. once you're able to process that trauma in the event that happened, as we always say, what happened to you? your body is then able to release it. So mm -hmm. that's what ends up happening when people often don't have a medical rationale around what's happening. That's often what's happening is that your body is responding to some type of trauma. And also you have to keep in mind is that sometimes the body may still be going through something, but the symptoms can be exacerbated because of the trauma or the stress that has now been presented in your life. Yeah. I talk about this a lot because I actually have taken courses in neurobiology and neuropsych because I am fascinated mm -hmm. with the connection, stress on the body, anxiety on the body, right? And the limbic system and what's happening in our minds. Mm -hmm. And we did talk about this a little bit before you came on and, and how that actually the neurons that are involved and how there's more neurons in your gut. And when neurons fire mm -hmm. and they're overactive, it can cause GI problems, mm -hmm. right? So all of this is actually when we always say mind, right? And mind and body, right. but yes. your mind is part of your body and absolutely, it's functioning in conjunction with other parts of your body. And if you're feeling anxiety in your limbic system, is basically on high alert saying, this is life or death. This is life mm -hmm. or death. Pay attention to us. They're sending other signals to parts of your body, right? Absolutely. And that is what's causing that level of anxiety. And that's yeah. manifested in panic attacks and different things that people experience and don't know what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. It's their mind. And think of it from this way, from this perspective, when someone feels like they're in danger, like you said, What's going to happen? They get this burst of energy that they often will say, I don't know where that came from. Mm -hmm. And you get mm -hmm. this strength to kind of either run, walk really fast. And, and you look up and you go, I don't even know how I got here that quick. Mm -hmm. There's something that your body has a physiological response to respond. Mm -hmm. That's what, the same thing that's happening when stress and anxiety and these things show up or trauma. What happens is that, it, like I said, it plants itself and it's going to sit somewhere. And I think the... The more we can stop saying, you know, mind, body, the mind is part mm -hmm. of your body. It's right. just body. Mm -hmm. And we say mental health because the way to get at your mind is through language and words and communication and different skills like that, right? Sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. it's using biofeedback and different things for your mind. But mm -hmm. even that is a signifier that this mind health is really body health, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I agree. I, I, I completely agree. I think that's even goes to when we're talking about when people say, have that terminology that mental health is physical health, reminding people that it's all one. Totally. So that's a good point. Sharon, what about for kids specifically, I'd love to spend a little bit of time on kids and helpers since helpers, helping helpers is your main area. <laughs> Anything that you can speak to if you're a parent going back to school with kids going back to school right right now and some are 
October was when they really started are going to start increasing um, some schools and some schools are going back full time in our area in October. So we're, you know, days away from that. Any wisdom that you can share with parents and then also for helpers? Sure. For parents in particularly, I would say uh, make sure that you're taking care of you um, during this time so that you have the bandwidth mentally um, to sit with your children so that you can take that time with them to see how they're feeling about returning to school. How do they feel about what's happening in the world? Um, Depending on the age range and their ability to understand all of these things, but talking about safety, talking about friendships, talking about, you know, the ability to really kind of let them know if they're stressed out. I think that some parents are, um, I've seen a lot of different posts where people are saying, you know, I need to return to work. Um, and, and then other parents are saying, I need my children to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there should be a combination of the two. I understand you need to go back to work, but you also want your children to be safe. So how do you Um, have discussions with your children and your families around, you know, making sure all those things are covered. Mm. And then also having plans around what happens if there is an outbreak at the school um, and that you have to make another decision to bring the children back home. But I would say be ready to have a talk with your children. Don't just let it be okay, you go back to school tomorrow, you're going to have to get it together and be ready. Uh, You know, it really needs to be, how do you feel about that? And being able to help them manage through their own stress and anxiety as well. And if need be, helping connect your child to a therapist as well, if needed. So you don't want them to kind of have to manage those emotions on their own, just like we wouldn't want you to. Mm. So please make sure that whatever it is that you're doing for yourself, that you're trying to put some of those same techniques and strategies in place for your child. Um, Even small children can do activities that will help them manage their stress. I I know children as small as one and two learning how to do breathing exercises. And a lot of it is from watching parents and and talking and and they're, they're they're way more mature, Lucia, because they're having those discussions early on about, taking care of themselves and calming down and being okay and, you know, mm-hmm. sitting and being mindful. That's the word I was looking for, mindful about what's happening with them. And and, and, and now for those professionals, those helpers, um, remember, you have an ethical obligation. I say this all the time. You have an ethical obligation to also take care of you. Oh, yeah. You know, I work with people where it's, we have to take a couple steps back sometimes mm-hmm. now, right? Because- a lot of people are in sort of crisis management mode and right. just need a place to process. And that's a lot mm-hmm. to carry. So to Absolutely. to make sure you are having your own space and taking your own space to process. Mm-hmm. And then just to piggyback on what you said about mindfulness, we're going to do a whole show on that and some mindfulness techniques for 2020, especially um, because it is the first step, right? I always say if you want to be your best self, it's sort of a version of um, DBT, but breathe is number one. When you're in a situation with things that breathe, evaluate, set an intention, take action. But everything Mm -hmm. starts with breathing. Everything starts with breathing. It reminds me of the the airplane analogy. And so when they tell you if there's a drop in the cabin pressure, Mm. you are to put on your mask first before putting it on your child. And the reason that is, is because in the process of trying to put a mask on to your child, you may pass out. Mm -hmm. And then 
neither one of you will have a mask Mm -hmm. that is providing oxygen. Mm -hmm. So if you get your mask on first, then you place your mask on your child. Uh, And so I, I know some people, you know, often will say, no, but my child has to be okay. Your child can be okay as long as you're okay, but you've got to do your part. And so again, with helpers, the same thing. You want your clients to be okay, but you have to follow suit. You may not experience exactly the same thing that every client is going through, but whatever it is that you're experiencing, Mm. you have to address it. You cannot show up as if you've just gone through a fire. Clients know that you are real and that you're human, but they also want you to show up knowing that you're doing the work for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. Sharon. So such a great conversation and we want to continue it and have Sharon back next week to talk about and dive into a little bit more on some coping methods at a higher level for mind and body. We'll dig deeper with some of our other guests during this series, but holistically what we can do during these times to help manage stress and anxiety as well. So if you are listening right now, you can click on show number two to hear about those. And Sharon, thank you so much for agreeing to come back on. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back to finish our very first episode of season four on Wealth Seekers. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless. And with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast to coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at PulseCellular.com. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. Thanks so much to our guest, Sharon Lawrence, for being with us. Such incredible information. And we are going to dive into episode um, two next week and have her back to finish the conversation. So make sure to come back and join us. Um, Before we go, I do want to tell you about um, the tools that we're using right now here at Wellseekers. You know what? I'm going to go get the box. I should have pre-planned this, but hold on. Magic of Zoom, we're back. So I wanna introduce everyone to our fall um, box of comfort and warmth. And since we're doing a a series on anxiety, we really um, tailored it to help with anxiety. Um, So you can get just a one-off box at wellseekers.com under our tools. You can also get a subscription, but we're really headed towards one-off boxes um, because sometimes you need to pick me up for a season and seasons change and we wanna be here for those changes. So the first thing that we have is, and I need to drink more of this. I'm gonna, I'm using this fall box now. That's why it's, it was right next to me. Um, this is matcha tea. This is one of my absolute favorite things. Matcha is this fine ground um, powder of leaves and um, it's really, 
can help reduce, I want to say help reduce, right? It can help reduce anxiety and promote calmness um, more so than the pot of coffee that I used to drink. Um, but I have included matcha tea into my routine now. Instead of my mid-afternoon coffee, I'll do a mid-afternoon matcha. Um, it combines sencha, this one specifically, I just want to make sure I get this right, an organic um, stone ground matcha green tea. Um, so it's two types of tea in this one. It's calming, it's warming, it's comfort for me. I love matcha. So this does help, right, with some of those um, re reduction of anxiety for me, especially compared to coffee. Um, we also do put a little... I love these boxes. We'll write a little note to you. Um, one of the things that is not, well, we'll talk about it next time. So the next thing is the ceramic teacup. So I always feel like there is, um, when I work with clients and I talk about like, what do you do to help calm your limbic system? I'll say, name five things that you see. So um, I see a teacup. I see um, a ring light. I see a mirror. I see a bike, right? Just to help bring you back into your senses. Also, another way to come back into your senses is to hold something that's warm, hold something that's cold, um, smell the tea, right? So this beautiful, I love this cup, um, is part of the box as well. That's another way, changing your story. How do we change our story? We, um, use lots of ways such mantras is a big one but i love these they're the how to love yourself card so i accept all of myself the work i do on myself is not a goal it's a process a lifetime process i choose to enjoy the process so changing your mind reducing anxiety behaviorally but also cognitively so reminding you of these things to help decrease um the firing of your amygdala um this is my favorite one because this is one of my i am good enough so if you're listening and not watching this, these how to love yourself cards are just vibrant cards with powerful, powerful affirmations and uplifting messages that really invite you to look within um, and uncover who you are, remind yourself who you are or reconnect with who you actually are. Speaking of smelling, this is my aromatherapy pen. Um, oh gosh, I love this. Okay. This is your own personal, um, aromatherapy that you can use almost anywhere. I put this in my purse. Um, the essential oil. Oh, do you see? There's like a light actually. Oh, that's so cool. If you're, if you're listening, not watching, there's a light coming out of the pen that I have no idea why. But um, the essential oil is like a nasal inhaler with a botanical blend. This is, um, this is fresh citrus um, and has some floral notes too, I think. But just smelling it again to help reconnect your senses, calm your limbic system. I also do want to say there's a disclaimer on this box and with all the products. Number one, if you just want to buy one of these products, we don't sell them, but I have the links at wellseekers.com um, so that you can go and um, just grab a one off from, I think we have links to Amazon or, or something. So again, these are always, we make it easy to just go to the person that actually sells this if you don't want the whole box. Um, and then lastly, I have this beautiful pouch. Um, research shows that staying organized can improve mental health, right? And sometimes life can be disorganized, especially right now if you have 
a thousand people home. You're trying to be a teacher and do your own work. Um, so staying organized can help lowering levels of a stress hormone called cortisone, cortisol, sorry. Um, and so I put lots of, I'll put work things in here, but for this fall, I actually have been putting all my stuff in here. My, um, not my tea, but I'll take my tea pouches, my aromatherapy and these cards, and then I can stick this in my bag if I do go into the office, which is rare. Um, so that is our stress reduction box to go with um, the next few weeks here at Wellseekers. It's our fall comfort and warm warmth box. You can find out more at wellseekers.com. But I personally use all of this stuff. I personally highly recommend all of this, obviously, um, for um, yourself. But again, always, always, always check with your own mental health provider, your own doctor. If you have any questions, concerns, um, always get another opinion. So we will continue our series next week um, on anxiety and helping you reduce it, especially focusing on 2020 and COVID. We'll be back next week right here on Wellseekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.